Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we welcome Chase Whitney of At The Hive to discuss his all-rookie team and how many Charlotte Hornets are mentioned in the all-first rookie team, as well as maybe who can make an honorable mention. We update you on the Charlotte Hornets alternate universe and this. It's blueberries, moose, deer. Yeah. Oh, no. Now, moose, what kind of moose? If we're talking about M-O-U-S-S-E, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, that the would other, be nice, The other too. moose, I'm, I'm, I can pass. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. This is Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And also make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug's on Twitter at Doug Branson, LOH. Follow the show handle on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Mention that we have local experts on the show. Also make sure they follow everybody on Twitter. We do have a local expert again for you. Not just Rick Bennell on Tuesdays. Now we are going to, for this Wednesday, Chase Whitney, writer for At The Hive, and you can find him on Twitter at Chase Whitney underscore. My first question to you, Chase, as this is the first appearance for you on our podcast is, I'm a little surprised at the underscore coming after the name. You decided not to go underscore in the middle of the name? Uh, it was already taken, actually. Pretty much every variation of Chase Whitney on Twitter was taken except for that one, so I had to settle. That's fine. I would have preferred the underscore in the middle, but that's fine. We will still welcome you. <laughs> What's wrong podcast. with you? Now, I'll, go, I'll go buy the other account, make sure I can get the <laughs> underscore in the this middle. Is, this is your second podcast that you've ever done, right? So the first one you ever did was this today that you did, the At The Hive podcast, and this is the second one. Uh, th- is that correct? Both of them were today. I recorded the other one for At The Hive last night, but okay. came out this morning recording this one now. So knocking on my first two podcasts out in about 12 hours from each other. So Whitney right, Wednesday. There we go. I like that. <laughs> we are Chase Whitney sloppy seconds on the Locked On <laughs> Network here. Walker Mail and Doug Branson. You can claim us as victims. All right, Chase. So let's get uh, to talk about your article real quickly. You wrote... Um, on at the hive and you wrote your all rookie team. You did your all rookie first team. You also mentioned the all rookie second team. You also mentioned some honorable mentions and we will get to the honorable mentions as well. It may contain a Charlotte Hornet. Uh, but first let's lead off with PJ Washington making the team. Of course, this is a Hornets podcast. We'll focus on uh, the rookie Hornet here. And so why did PJ Washington, uh, why did he make your all uh, first rookie team here, Chase? Well, I think the three best, because they don't necessarily require a center to be listed on the all-rookie teams anymore. I think the three best big men rookies this year were pretty clearly Brandon Clark, P.J. Washington, and Eric Paschal. And I kind of just sided with P.J. Washington for first team over Eric Paschal because I just think P.J., he doesn't necessarily have... He, like uh, Eric Paschal averages more points per game and rebounds per game and stuff like that. But I just think P.J.'s impact on the floor was a lot more easily felt especially because the hornets were more of a team that was trying to compete while rebuilding whereas the warriors kind of just sat all of their best players like draymond green averaged like 27 minutes a game and played 43 games or something like that so pascal contributed quite a bit from the warriors not necessarily giving draymond green his usual run so i just tended to lean pj in that uh terms of that watching the hornets this year chase what 
surprised you about P.J. Washington and, and, and what he could do either offensively or defensively? Well, I, we knew that he could shoot coming out of Kentucky, but I don't think we quite knew that. I mean, he, I mean, I think he made seven threes in his first game as a Hornet. I mean, I don't think anybody knew that he was going to be quite the marksman from beyond the arc as he was like so early on that it's not, he can hit like spot up shots. He can pick and pop and grab those and hit open jump shots. So, I mean, he's really versatile out on the three point line as well. I think that would probably what was what surprised me the most about PJ. Yeah. And, and PJ to me, I, you said clearly chase and, and look, I, I love PJ Washington. I am full on board with him. Right, after, here we go. Uh, he's pre- he's not- prefacing people <laughs> prefacing what? No, no, I'm not. No, I I'm, I'm absolutely on board with this decision to put him in the all first uh, rookie team. I just, you said clearly, do you think that the NBA would go like how, how closely do you think the NBA awards would resemble what your list looks like? Because I, I'm with you. I have no problems with PJ making this first team, but how closely do you think the NBA all first rookie team would resemble your list? That's a pretty good question. I mean, I obviously think John Moran is a lock for first team. I would say Brandon Clark probably would be too. Maybe I think it would probably look pretty similar. I could potentially see PJ not being the guy that makes first team and maybe Eric Pascal making it or DeAndre Hunter because Hunter averaged like 32 minutes a game, which is far more than every other rookie. Just I could see them getting it just over the sheer volume of like playing time and total points and minutes and all that kind of stuff. But I think it'd be pretty close. I think Matisse Tybel would probably make the second team, but even though I didn't have him making second team on here, that's yeah, probably sure. the one most obvious thing that I would. Well, yeah, you, you give Matisse Tybel no love for his TikTok videos. That was the reason you uh, did not allow him anywhere to be seen on the all rookie teams. You are not a fan of the TikTok videos. What's TikTok? It's- Hey, exactly. It was not so much the uh, TikTok videos as just because someone is 22 years old and is locked inside their house for God knows how long with this whole self quarantining thing. You don't have to make a TikTok. It's not a. It's not a rule. You can just watch them. You don't have to make them. I don't think Matisse got that. uh, (laughs) I feel like they're pretty good though. Like he came out with a bang. I like some of the videos. You're not a fan. Not, not, not quite, not as much. Yeah, he, what's, he he doesn't, doing, what's he doing? I mean, nobody's telling me what was he doing? Why should I go and watch these videos? I, well, he's, I mean, one, I do think that he's doing a good job with just the character on the camera. Uh, what, what else is he doing? Like Matisse Tybal is kind of transitioning around the house, right? Like, I don't know the specifics, but from the ones I watched, I remember thinking, Hey, these are pretty funny. And it actually made me a fan more of Matisse more than it wasn't a fan. No, I mean, they are pretty funny. I don't necessarily know like what he's going for, like with the whole, he does seem to be like in a different setting for a lot of them. And he's not, I don't know if he's doing it for like jokes necessarily as he is doing it to be like the, like do all the dances and all the singing videos and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's an interesting thing about this whole pause that we're seeing now with the NBA is that we do get a unique look into the lives of these individual players because we have a point of access that we just didn't. I mean, I, you know, think back to uh, what was it, 94, uh, when we had the stoppage in play and um, or excuse me, 99. Um and we didn't have that kind of access to what was going on with the players, so we couldn't be as connected with what was going on with the NBA. So as unfortunate as this situation is for the NBA economically, at least just in terms of their 
um, ability to be seen by fans, we we still do have those avenues for better or worse. Because I don't know if you saw what the what uh, was CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard they got on the <laughs> NBA account. Did you see this? And they oh, were yeah. re- CJ McCollum was reading the comments as they were coming in. And by the way, I so. Uh, empathize with CJ McCollum because I've been in this situation where you're trying to get fans involved and you're trying to read ahead, but sometimes a comment comes along that uh, you you didn't expect. You're just in full read mode and you're reading whatever word shows up on the teleprompter. It, exactly. <laughs> it's a uh, Ron Burgundy situation. Yeah. So CJ McCollum read a comment of someone comparing his facial hair to another player that has recently <laughs> had a sex video come out to his <laughs> nether regions. Mm. Yeah, that's that hilarious. Funny. It was funny. I did see that. All right, let's try to steer this wheel. Let's try to steer uh, steer this car back on track. Uh, one question I had for you, Chase, was in the PJ Washington write up that you had mentioning him as an all uh, a member of the All First Rookie Team. You mentioned PJ Washington and Miles Bridges are set in stone as the team's forwards of the future. And I think what we've talked about quite a bit is the possibility of the Hornets maybe moving on from a Miles Bridges who did have that stretch kind of in the middle that he showcased his ability a little bit more so. Even if the percentages didn't go up all that much, I do think that he was playing better. And and since then, right, it was the last six games of the season that they played. Man, he was not playing well. We know at the beginning of the season, at least in my opinion, he wasn't playing well. Why are you so sure that Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington are both set in stone as the team's forwards of the future? Well, I just think Miles athleticism is a big selling point for me because there's nobody in the Hornets front court unless they draft like a James Wiseman or Onyeka Okongwu, which in that case, that like might make me reverse my opinion a little bit, but his athleticism in the front court is extremely important. I think, cause nobody else really has that. Like PJ is like, he's not like a slow groundbound player, but he's not gonna, he's just not as athletic as miles is. Cause there aren't that many people that are as athletic as miles. So I just think that with that combination and his, he's gotten a lot better at three point shooting and especially defense, not, he, he's never struggled with like the on ball, like physical aspect of it, but he could definitely get lost at times just playing off ball and watching the ball. And then his guy cuts behind him for a wide open layup and stuff like that. And I just think he, he's gotten like better enough at that to warrant him not being someone that you would consider moving at this point. If, he, if it next year he doesn't improve substantially, then I could maybe see it just because him and PJ are probably both long-term fours and, I don't know if you're necessarily drafting one of those guys to come off the bench for their entire career, but I think for now that he's definitely still a guy that the Hornets view as a long-term forward. Well, and, and some evidence to, to back you up there, Chase, it seems like the Hornets are leaning into that athleticism, right? They're posting videos of like all of the dunks of miles bridges. Now that, that doesn't mean anything because the Hornets did a bobblehead for Dwayne Bacon <laughs> yeah, and then sent him to the G though. league. Right. So we shouldn't take too much, read too much into that kind of thing. But at the same time, if this team is going to be bad for several years, then, then maybe you do stick, stick it out with somebody like miles bridges until you have to make that really big decision in terms of his next contract extension. I think that happened with Malik this year. And like it, that it shows what happens when you kind of stick with a guy through the very up, like significant ups and downs of his first two years. I mean, I mean, Malik showed this year that it was definitely worth giving him all those minutes consistently, even when he wasn't really playing that well. So and I think that miles could definitely show the same thing. All right, we'll talk more with Chase Whitney of At The Hive next on the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. 
They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot (laughs) wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Chase Whitney with us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. And during the break, he mentioned to us that he brought drugs to this party, to which Doug <laughs> immediately decided to jump all in on it. He did let us know that he actually came out with a yes mock draft. Yes. Not only did he come out with just any kind of mock draft, Chase isn't the kind of guy that's just going to give you one pick after the other and that's it. He's going to give you 6,000 words. Oh, my God. Oh my so God, Doug oh my God. has. This is a pool for Doug to dive in, and we're going to have to get to that. Um, Maybe at the end, I do want to talk a little bit more about the all-rookie teams piece that he came out with, again, on At The Hive. And you can follow Chase on Twitter, at Chase Whitney underscore. Also, you have Cody Martin um, as a member of the uh, all-honorable mentions, Chase. And we talked about P.J. Washington being mentioned in the first team. You have Cody Martin being a member of the honorable mentions here on this piece. I've been extremely impressed with Cody Martin. I thought offensively it was somebody that was scared with the basketball in his hands at the beginning of the season. He looked shook to me. And ever since then, maybe, I don't know, the first handful of games or so, it's someone that looks extremely comfortable with the basketball in his hands. The defensive intensity from both he and Kayla Martin has been extremely impressive to me. What are some of the reasons that you named Cody Martin um, as an honorable mention? Well, I definitely agree with him growing considerably more comfortable on the offensive end as the year went on. He definitely didn't seem so sure of himself at the beginning of the year in terms of like shooting and driving to the basket. But now, I mean, with especially when Malik was gone, he really settled into the role as like if Devontae or Terry aren't on the court, he was basically the point guard on the t- like, or at least the main playmaker for the team. And the reason I put him in the honorable mention is just because of his, his defense. I mean, it's very, very good on ball. He's good off the ball. He's good in transition. He goes down underneath and he can fight for rebounds. I mean, there's really not that much that he doesn't do. He's just a really high energy active player. He has pretty good length and size to guard point guard, shooting guard, small forwards. And maybe even in the future, he could guard big men too, like down on the post. But, and I also, he definitely got, he's not good at three point shooting because he's still only shooting like 23, 23.4% it is, but he's definitely, he definitely got a little bit better at that as the season went on. And I think like you said, that had a lot to do with confidence, but I thought he, his per minute stats aren't very good, but I thought he was still definitely worthy of some sort of recognition postseason for how good his rookie season was. Yeah, sure. Listen, Cody Martin, great. But but this mock draft is 6,463 <laughs> words. You counted them all, and I, I am going to read them all, uh, not on this particular podcast, but afterwards. <laughs> you don't, no, you don't want to, by the way, by the way, you don't want to see me when I'm reading a mock draft. Uh, it's a lot less clothing. Um, <laughs> it's a, a compromising position. And there is a lot of hand sanitizer. <laughs> um, that's why I stocked up for mock drafts. Where are you going with this? <laughs> what kind of road are we going down? With? It's mock draft time here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We have a mock draft here from Chase Whitney, who joins us. This is called NBA Mock Draft 2020 Volume 1. That means there will be multiple <laughs> volumes. You can find yeah. it on atthehive.com. And in the eighth position, he has the Charlotte Hornets selecting mm-hmm. James Wiseman wow. center 
kind of out of Memphis. Draft age 19.22 years old. I love that it's broken out in decimal points. That's my favorite thing in the world. Height, 7 feet, 1 inches tall, 237 pounds. Projected wingspan, 7 feet, 6 inches. James Wiseman, Chase, tell us why you made this pick. Because here I'm reading the first line from your mock draft. It says, as a James Wiseman detractor, it hurt to make this pick. So why did you make it and why did it hurt? Well, I'm, I just like to start. I'm not necessarily the lowest on James Wiseman, but I'm definitely not a, a fan necessarily. I just think that most of his, like the selling points on him revolve around things that don't necessarily have to do with being good at basketball, like being strong and tall and having long arms. Like you can have all those things and not be that good, but I still think he could be pretty good, especially because he's a really good fit with the Hornets. And if he were to fall to eight, I think that it's much more reasonable. So this is a value pick, there. right, Chase? Because there's a lot of people that don't like him in the top five position that he had been projected for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Like if I was the Golden State Warriors, there's not a chance I would take him number one. Like I think Tankathon has him going number one to the Warriors right now, which I don't think that's ever going to happen. But at eight for a team like the Hornets, whose only center is going to be Cody Zeller. I think it's a much better deal, mostly just because of the fit, too. And, I mean, he fits really well. I, I would pick Onyeka Okongwu as well if he were available, but I had him going five to the Pistons. So I mean, why fun. do you think he would possibly drop to the eighth? Is it just about the fact that he is a somewhat traditional center and that that is not high in demand, or is there something – is this a Noah Vonley situation again where a guy drops and then we find out all of a sudden, oh, he just – he doesn't know how to play basketball? <laughs> well, that that could definitely be a part of it. But I also just think if you look at the teams ahead of the Hornets, everyone has a youngish center that they already that they're not going to like take minutes from to give to James Wiseman, except for Cleveland and Golden State, I should say. But I don't think either of those two teams are going to pick him, presuming they stay at one or two. I think they would lean more towards a guard or a wing because that would help them more long-term than picking a guy that is kind of athletic at center. I don't even think the Warriors would necessarily make that pick either, but I think when he falls to eight, the value becomes much better, especially for the Hornets. Cause at that point there aren't that many wings and guards that you would choose from either. So I think he's just the best fit, best value. Is a Kung Wu your favorite realistic scenario that could take place for the Hornets? Yes. I, if Onyeko Kong Wu, gets drafted by the Warriors. I'll drive to earth by the Hornets. I'll get draft, drive down to Charlotte. I'll give him the envelope. I'll walk it up to the stage myself. I'll show him around the city. I'll pay for his plane ticket to get there. I'll do all of it. Wow. Where, so where, wait, where are you located? How, how big of a, a drive is this? Uh, it's quite a drive. I live in Maine. So that would be about <laughs> like, it was, I, I drove to Charlotte once and it was 14 hours. Jeez. So bring me some lobster. I was gonna oh say, yeah, yeah, I will. Allow, allow people, yeah, let people know that you know us. I want to talk well, a little hold bit. Hold on, hold on. So I said bring bring lobster because that's the first thing that everyone thinks of, Maine lobster. What am I not thinking of? What could you bring me food-wise from Maine that people are, people don't normally go, oh, Maine, other than lobster? Uh, I mean, there are other shellfish and fish and seafood, but really other than that, there's not a lot. There's, there's it's not much going on here. I mean, Portland is the biggest city, and that's where I live, and it's like a tenth of the size of Charlotte blueberries moose deer yeah oh no now moose what kind of moose if we're talking about m-o-u-s-s-e bring it on <laughs> yeah, that the would other, be nice the other too. moose i'm i'm i can pass yeah not as not as keen to those but anyway walker you were saying 
Is there anything else you would like to know about Maine? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm starving. Yes. You what is the uh, what is the per capita GDP of Maine? Yeah, 100. <laughs> percent I got that one right on all the top. Of my head. I want 6,000 words on Maine for your next piece on at the Hive. Real quickly, I did. Steve want to Clifford go, uh, was from uh, yep. from Maine, I believe. Fun fact: My high school math teacher was his roommate in college. Oh, cool! I wonder yeah, if he, he. I wonder he if Clifford was like a bad roommate. You know, we've uh, all had a messy. I could definitely see him being like the lights out 9 p.m wake up at 5 a.m. kind of guy. Well, he doesn't sleep. I mean, that was the problem. That's with true. Him. You know, he always had the lights on, and then it became a problem with, for him as he became coach of the Hornets. He never slept, so I imagine he wouldn't be a great roommate. Doug, you kept digging. You were looking for something wholeheartedly from Maine, something that we could grasp onto, and you finally found it. Can I move on to a McDaniels question? Can I interest you in a McDaniels question, Doug, or do you have any other main questions? I'm just really hungry. You could interest me in a McDonald's question. <laughs> okay, Jalen McDaniels is someone that was a late second round pick for the Charlotte Hornets. What do you think about McDaniels as well, Chase? I mean, we've talked about Cody Martin. You're high on him being an honorable uh, honorable mention type of guy that you mentioned in your piece. Same thing with PJ. What about a Jalen McDaniels? Where does he fit in the Hornets' future? I like Jalen McDaniels a lot. Uh, I mean, obviously, the one big problem with him is the fact that he weighs very little. And he's, yeah, I think he he's more like, moose, M-O-U-S-S-E. Yeah, he definitely could use more moose, any kind of food that would add some poundage onto him. <laughs> because it, for him to be able to be a full-time power forward, he'll definitely need to get bigger and stronger. Like there are just so many massive human beings that play on in the interior in the NBA. And he is not a massive human being at the moment. So he doesn't need to be like some big bulky guy because I think his a lot of his skill revolves around him being like a quicker forward that can stretch it out to the perimeter and kind of like, run and transition and ball handle a little bit, but I think he's really good. He got, he was way better at defense than I expected him to be yeah, both I mean, on ball and mentally just like rotating and stuff like that. No, you're, you're totally on point there, Chase. I was watching some McDaniels uh, video uh, over the past couple of days and I just, I can't wait until he gets comfortable on defense where he can really be unleashed because you see him already starting to think about things and jump passing lanes. And he has those crazy long arms and he just gets to he gets to the basketball in in a way that is surprising to an offense. They didn't expect him to be able to get to the basketball in that way. He just hasn't been able to do it a lot. And I wonder if that's just you know him trying to feel things out. So I'm excited about the, I'm really more excited about Jalen McDaniels, the defender, than I am the offensive product. Yeah, definitely. I think his defense is so much better than it was expected. Then. That that's more the thing to be excited. I about talked with Josh season. Lloyd yesterday about Jalen McDaniels about six, seven minutes or so. And one thing when I was looking up some of his numbers is the fact that he is a 39% three point shooter. If you get rid of the two contests that he played earlier in the season, that didn't really mean anything. If you get rid of those and just look at the last 14 games that he played uh, with the Charlotte Hornets, the guy shooting 39% from three, they're all of the catch and shoot variety and they're all open. If you look at NBA.com stats and the spacing on the floor, the nearest defender, they're all either wide open or open, but he's knocking them down. And this is a guy that did not shoot well at all from three at San Diego state. And you talk about the defense. I, I I'm a fan of McDaniels. I'm a fan of Cody Martin. It finally looks like we're taking that right step towards the future. Um, if you're a Charlotte Hornets fan, uh, that's chase Whitney of at the hive.com. You can follow him on Twitter at chase Whitney underscore chase. Thank you so much for joining us, man. This was a lot of fun. We'll have to do it again. Yeah, it was definitely fun. Thanks for having me on guys. I appreciate right. it. All right, absolutely, man. Chase Whitney joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. One more segment to go. I'm sure Doug will want to dive deeper in the mock draft that Chase Whitney came up with. I imagine we'll do that in the last segment of the Lockdown Hornets podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Whitney Wednesday. This is Locked On Hornets. 
Segway. It's called a radio Segway. Well, and and I saw I'm feeling Josh. better, by the way, if you didn't notice. I didn't want, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a private person, so I don't talk about my health issues often on the show. Um, but when I, now I'm healthy, and I think people are going to notice a change in me today. So I just wanted to kind of go, go ahead and get that out of the way um, that Doug is unleashed on this show today. So watch out. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It really is amazing. You are a raging bull. When you get on a, when you get on something that you want to talk about, it doesn't matter if we had moved on a little bit, you will absolutely come back to it. You have, you have zero, uh, zero time for anything else other than the mock draft that you just played that bump. I imagine you played that bump for a reason. Uh, that was amazing trying to get off of Maine and you just kept steering us back that way. Rocking out with my mock out. <laughs> hey, listen, this mock draft is is really good, and I love the idea. Well, here's what I'll say: I love his thought process. And I'm, done, I'm, I'm out. I'm sorry. I wasn't. I was expecting a lot of things. I wasn't expecting that. Please go on, though. All what right. So I love his thought process with James Wiseman falling to uh, the eighth position because while Cleveland and Golden State will need center uh, help especially Golden State, because they'll have so much other talent, they don't necessarily need to address that uh, in the draft. And I'll say this too, this whole idea of teams maybe not being able to work out these players in a traditional sense because of coronavirus may impact James Wiseman more than anyone. When James Wiseman had all of those issues with Memphis and ultimately decided to not continue at Memphis, I guess he was assuming, well, I'll have my opportunity to showcase my talents when the time comes. And unfortunately, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. And I think it's going to affect his draft stock ultimately. And so that's very interesting. Also interesting, we have a new podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network all about mock drafts. And it's hosted by the Mock Draft King. He's come out of, it's not really a retirement, more like a two-year hiatus. And it's Chad Ford, formerly of ESPN. Where's that guy been? I don't know, but he's back, baby. And he's with the Locked On Podcast Network. The podcast is called Chad Ford's Big Board. And you can go right now to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Search Chad Ford's Big Board and subscribe to that podcast. We're going to get him on the show. I've been helping him get this podcast off the ground. And so he owes me one. Uh, if Chad, if you're listening, you owe me one. And I'm going to get you on the show. And we're going to talk about mock drafts. NBA draft. We're rock out with our mocks out. Chad Ford. I'm so ready to rock out with my mock out with Chad Ford. It's a dream of mine. After reading all of his mock drafts in the past, that's absolutely a dream of mine. I, did he, he did a mock draft, but I think he was more known, right, for the big board. You know, he had his ranking of the prospects. So that's, you know, that's what I want to know. What is that eighth best prospect? Who should the, you know, I hope the Hornets don't draft for need, by the way. They don't need to think about need at all in the next few years, just focus on getting the best available player. If that's James Wiseman, fine, but we'll ask, we'll ask chat about that. Chase Whitney has James Wiseman as the eighth overall pick. If we were to continue on the projection in the alternate universe, we might select Herman Cassell. Doug, what can you tell <laughs> us about the alternate universe for the Charlotte Hornets? Well, maybe, I mean, Herman's going to have to fall to the Hornets because I'm not sure they're going to be sitting at the eighth spot. They may be sitting closer to the 12th or 13th spot because they've been recently making a run towards the playoffs. They had a game last night against the Portland Trailblazers. 
They had lost their previous game, very close loss to the Los Angeles Lakers, and now they go and face Portland, unfortunately or fortunately, if you're cheering for the uh, virtual Hornets to improve their draft stock. They did lose to the Portland Trailblazers, but this was a close one, and this was a crazy game. They lose 126 to 122. That's the second game in a row now that they've lost by four points. But get this, Walker. Fourth quarter, they were down significantly. I can't tell you exactly. I'd have to do some quick math in my head, and I don't like to do that. But they scored 47 points in the fourth quarter to make to rally and make a comeback. They were only down two with less than a minute to go, but unfortunately they could not stop Dame Lillard, who uh, was able to seal things away for the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, I can give you uh, – I'll tell you this – Malik Monk scored 11 points in the fourth quarter. Terry Rozier off the bench again. Remember, he is the sixth man going for sixth man of the year in the final <laughs> the final 15 games. Uh, he scores 12 points in the fourth quarter, 12 of his 29. Uh, he, was a, he played a significant role in this game off the bench. 10 of 15, 7 of 9 from 3 for Terry Rozier, 6 rebounds. Miles Bridges finally having a good game, 21 points two rebounds. He scored a few buckets in the fourth quarter to help that rally. Malik Monk, 19 points. Devontae Graham, 13, 3, and 5. Nick Batum, 10 points in his starting role. Uh, Billy Hernan Gomez had a big bucket. He had he had a bucket to put them within two before the final possession where Dame Lillard sealed it for the Portland Trailblazers. The Hornets unable to foul Dame Lillard. They actually let him get a layup with three seconds to go. Unfortunately, they didn't have their stuff together. So the Hornets they, they may be falling out of this playoff race after all. Is there any interest from you or do you think there would be any interest from the fans to put this game on Patreon, Doug, to put our alternate universe Charlotte Hornets Ooh. on Patreon for them to check out? Okay, this is interesting. Uh, we do have the technology. If we actually wanted to stream one of these games, maybe Saturday's uh, contest, let's see who they play Saturday. Because everybody is going towards the virtual reality in a time that deprives when, when us. When we don't have actual reality, reality yes. <laughs> well, and and I know iRacing is huge right now, mm-hmm. and iRacing, a lot of people got into that after it was televised. They actually brought Jeff Gordon to legitimately discuss and analyze what was going on Brand in iRacing. Hamlin was able to uh, get, what was it, his over 30th victory in whatever event it is. So maybe we can do that. We can somehow provide the people with some content virtual reality from your Nintendo switch. So yeah, I could do that. I could stream one of these simulations. So it wouldn't be me playing again. I'm terrible at NBA 2k and yet I buy the game every year. I am a masochist when it comes to NBA 2k, but I wouldn't play the game. I would set this simulation, but we could actually watch uh, Malik Monk who is starting. We could watch Billy Hernan Gomez do their thing and see what happens. So Saturday, March 28th. That sounds so bad, right? Like is, is, is so bad it's good or is it bad that no, it's just legitimately bad. Well, if we could, I think if you and I could get together and, you know, we could stream that and, you know, sort of call, call the game or maybe not call the game, but at least comment <laughs> on the game. I think that could be fun. That's still in- my monk. <laughs> Level points. <laughs> right. We could at least maybe chat while you and I watch the stream. That could be fun. So here, okay, this is what we'll at least try this so if you are not a patreon member uh maybe we'll do the first one for free since it's kind of experimental so go to patreon.com forward slash loh and just sign up for patreon and bookmark our page and i'll do one of these streams on saturday uh we'll we'll tweet out the time so if you don't follow us on twitter follow us at locked on hornets and it's it's hornets clippers this saturday i will stream on patreon 
this this event, or at least we'll try to. I, I know it's possible, um, but we'll, we'll we'll see if we can get this thing up and running. I think it'd be All fun. Right. <clears throat> yeah, it, it might. I, I was going to say, let's do it for free. I don't know if this is a legitimate selling point for people to hand us money to to watch a simulation on a Nintendo Switch, but. Let's do it for free, and then maybe we'll see if that actually works out. Uh, that'll do it today. Thank you again for joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Thanks to Chase for joining us. That was a lot of fun to discuss with him why P.J. Washington makes his first-team all-rookie. Uh, so well, he is an all-first-team uh, rookie selection on uh, at the Hive. Also, if you want to check out my breakdown of Jalen McDaniels, again, about five, six minutes or so with Josh Lloyd. I think that should be released today on uh, either Locked On Fantasy or Locked On NBA. It's one of those two. I know he hosts both of those podcasts. Don't know exactly what he's going to use that interview for. But again, it's just a little breakdown of Jalen McDaniels, a couple of interesting nuggets there. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.